There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. I for the faster way. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Assemble. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another new episode of Assembly Required, the MCU retrospective where we reassembled the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I just said the MCU retrospective, like we are now the Ohio State University. Wow. Good on me. I'm your host, Peaches. <laughs> And uh, we were not lying to you when we told you at the beginning of What If and every episode throughout our What If recordings that our hosts were going to be jumbled during this series. It works out perfectly for theming. Um, So none of us are mad about it. This is great. We've got two guest hosts that you've heard before this week and me. It's like, you know, when you show up at school and you have a substitute teacher and they bring the the trolley that has the tv and the vhs but you're just gonna watch bill nye the science guy all day and there's no rules that's what's happening today first we've got cody what's up cody you know i was more of a fan of uh, i was more thinking magic school bus but bill nye is also a good copy on there but um what's up man is that... to be back <laughs> is, that why... to this. <laughs> is that why you cosplayed like mrs frazzle today yes yes i kind of just do miss frizzle every day she's my frizzle. inspiration yeah i said miss frizzle yeah miss frazzle is the <laughs> substitute for miss frizzle clearly i did not watch enough magic school <laughs> you did man and it's showing it's it's a little embarrassing Sorry, i am i'm i'm red like a peach at this very moment <laughs> <laughs> we've also brought back our most recent new guest and patron patrick what's up patrick Hey, man, um, I don't know what you're talking about. In this universe, <laughs> this is the normal assembly required crew. So this that is completely normal. Yeah, absolutely. What but if... I'm doing... <laughs> oh, I didn't have anything good. <laughs> I'm doing great, though. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, absolutely. We're, we're happy to have you guys. It's been um, It's been like a rush going through all of the different situations that we've been in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. honestly, like, and I, I, I know I'm speaking for the other guys, too. I had full confidence that when they were like, we can't be here this week. I was like, someone's going to be able to do it because all the people we brought on this show are like 10 out of 10 class A people. So I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you. Oh, so, yeah. No, as soon as you invited me to be here, I had to drop everything and actually watch the, the last two episodes because I had not yet. So <laughs> I'm excited. Peer yeah, pressure, Peach, baby. You just called me 10 out of 10. <laughs> I feel good about myself right now. Oh, yeah. I'll oh. see you after class. Frazzle. Hey. <laughs> Uh, all right so this episode is all about time travel right um in the spirit of time travel i would like to time travel a little bit to like two or three weeks ago i have to admit uh i'm guilty of missing an email that we got so it was pointed out to me in our group chat that um on one of the episodes that i was doing the the synopsis hosting that Lindsay had sent us an, an email with her phase two stuff I knew that I had read the email because Eduardo sent it to us, but it totally slipped my mind that I should read that. So I just want to take some time. Thank you for writing again, Lindsay. I got I want to read your phase two stuff because mostly because you agreed with me a lot and it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> Peaches needs that reassuring. Yeah, you know, touch. I do. It's nice when people agree with me. You know, I just I think everybody feels that deep down. Absolutely. So 
she sent us as as her usual format she sent us these emails in chunks based on the phase so the phase two is is the chunk that i missed we're gonna go back to so starting with iron man 3 she starts off her iron man 3 notes saying that eduardo referring to danny as sound lord luigi really sent her (laughs) (laughs) we've had him in our group chats as luigi sound lord in some capacity like ever since so um she also says luigi is the person to be in the mario verse based on height and having no knowledge beyond the original super mario so i agree i respect that i respect underrated brother i was always a big fan of luigi i'm I'm a green's my favorite color so you know Get out of and you Mario. know what? In Mario 2, he jumps higher than everyone else. He does. Actually. He, he was does. my main in the original Super Smash Brothers. What? Oh, yeah. I loved him. Like his, his... N64? Oh, yeah. His his mm. taunt could kill you. It was great. And oh, you know anybody who good. brags about maining Luigi or Mario in the original Smash Brothers knew what the hell they were doing. Yeah, so I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I was Link through and through. <laughs> She agrees with Bailey. I don't think Bailey was on the Iron Man. Th- was Bailey on the Iron Man three episode? I don't think so. Um, but Bailey has said this a lot, and Eduardo has said this a lot that Tony and Pepper don't have any chemistry. Zero. Because quote Goop doesn't have chemistry with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Goop can stick on stuff, I guess. But yeah, she agrees with me that the American flag attire does come across as tacky. I I just don't like it. I don't like wearing a flag. I'll never do it. How is that little girl not the vice president's granddaughter? Or, yeah, not daughter. It's funny to go back to these emails and, like, have someone else recall what we've said. Because I agree with the things that I said, but I don't necessarily remember them all. (laughs) Last note here. Robbie. Oh, I do remember this. Robbie talked about in that episode how, starting after the Avengers, why didn't the Avengers help each other during their specific problems that they had in their standalone movies? She no, agrees yeah. with Robbie. Why weren't they helping each other? Yeah, it's like, hey, we teamed up, but now we're not going to talk to each other again until something really bad happens again. So mm-hmm. everybody go to their respective corners. We've got a ton of notes from Lindsay moving on to Thor The Dark World. This was unexpected. There is a lot of uh, of bullets here. Uh, she first wants to know when the Bifrost was fixed because it was destroyed at the end of Thor, but then Thor showed up on Earth in the Avengers... And then clearly it just became fixed in the dark world. That was her biggest question in the MCU so far during her rewatch. I honestly don't know the answer to that. Do you guys? I do not. <laughs> no, Movie not at all. magic. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, some short, like three page comic somewhere. They were like, look, this is canon. Bifrost. Yeah, very obscure. Like Heimdall okay. was just, it's like, there's a fixed switch like there. And they're just like, <laughs> like, why would, why would the, you know, impeccable rainbow bridge not be able to be repaired by some sort of magical element? There you go. Just flip the switch repaired. That's what happened. It rained yeah. again. And then a yeah. rainbow appeared and they're like, Oh, yeah. we'll take that. That's ours. That's it, man. Uh, she also wanted to know when was Sif introduced as a potential love interest for, for Thor. Uh, it feels forced because in the first movie, they were trying to figure out if Sif was Thor and Loki's sister. No payoff for Sif, just done by male writers to pit women against each other. Yeah, they didn't do a lot of service for anyone in that movie. I think Darcy Lewis was one that we cared about, and that was basically it. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, the the rest of the cast, they're supporting cast at best. They're just there to kind of fill out and be like, yeah, Thor has posse that he rolls with, but we don't really care about them. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I'm 
interested to see how the next Thor might handle this. Um, Hopefully we'll see. (laughs) Uh, Apparently Eduardo and I have some quotes saying, uh, Eduardo said, we're talking about everyone's favorite movie, Thor the Dark World, said no one. And I said, Thor is basically Lord of the Rings, but way worse. And Lindsay's response to those quotes is, at the time of watching this movie, I'm going to blow your mind for a second. At the time of watching this movie, it became my top-ranked MCU film. Thor The Dark World. It it was quickly replaced because Ooh. Phase 2 is when things really took off, but I would not hesitate to rewatch Dark World if someone suggested it. I mean... <laughs> To I, each their own, like you know. I personally <laughs> have it above Iron Man three, uh, so <laughs> I don't. You I know. always forget about your Iron Man three feelings. And I you hate bring Iron them Man up. three. That's not bad, actually. I think yeah. I may be on that same boat with you. Like, jump it, in. There's plenty of room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, like it, it, it would be a close toss up, but at the same time, like I think I would actually prefer to watch Dark World again rather than Iron Man three. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm gonna day. hand you guys the podium. I'm out of here. That's fair. That, <laughs> I listen, have the show notes. Yeah. I can do it. <laughs> you got it. This It'll be a disaster. The whole time. Uh, let's see. She says, "I'm try- I'm gonna try to go over these quickly because we have a lot of episode to get to too." But she says, "Um." Our complaints were primarily about the villain not being good and the and it being a bunch of other movies. She says, as for the villain, uh, the movie explained before the creation of the Nine Realms that everything was dark and the Dark Elf rules. So, of course, the Dark Elves would want the world to return to darkness. There's no confusion about it or the villain's motivation. And she says that all movies, this is all caps, all movies are remakes of other movies. I guess that's fair. There's, there's, I, I, that's honestly a fair criticism because it's, hard that to find anything at this point in like media that is not at least influenced by something much more popular than itself everything's recycled a mm-hmm. bit by bit honestly like yeah there's the, a, a true organic original thought like it'd be hard to come by i'd say everything kind of pieces off one another slowly but just as all words are made up all movies are just remakes true true and all movies love- are a collaboration of words put together Oh, wow. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Another surprise here is that Captain America the Winter Soldier has the least amount of notes. And actually, we've been finding the more episodes of this podcast we've recorded that the Winter Soldier keeps taking more and more of a backseat for almost all of us. I think it still ranks highly, but it keeps like hmm. slightly moving backwards. Um, she was happy to hear Angela back. Um, she discusses how the Nick Fury car fight scenes are too long. Take that opinion and apply it to every fight scene in every action movie ever, and that is how I feel. <laughs> yeah. And she thinks that it's a critical entry in understanding the MCU storyline, but the movie itself is not fun, and she does not want to watch it again. But that elevator scene, Lindsay. It's good. I, I was never high on this movie from the start. I've grown to appreciate it more, but it's middle of the pack for me. It's got You've some got of the, the best opposite trajectory. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely yeah. do. Okay. Uh, I'm a see. sucker Guardians, for action. So. Guardians of the Galaxy. Chris gave some background information about Nicole Perlman. That was the most fascinating and value-add part of the podcast so far. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Something, something, dark side, something, something. Peaches and Eduardo not knowing about Amelia Bedelia was shocking. I still don't really know that that much about Amelia Bedelia. (laughs) (laughs) I know the name, and that's much as I could attest to, so I'm not far behind you. Oh, this is a good one. When Robbie defers to Chris after passionately describing how he'd been waiting his whole life to get a new Star Wars movie, 
And Eduardo responds, I mean, we've all seen the Star Wars, Robbie. Like, you're not the only person who has seen the Star Wars. I might have actually died. I rewound several times to listen again. <laughs> uh, we, we like our quips here, too. Absolutely. This is a, I think this is a valid criticism, too. She says that you all and critics describe this movie as a hard sell to the public due to the obscurity of the characters. Maybe this was a hard sell to men or comic fans or action film fans, but this was the first MCU film that I was actually excited to go see and was not disappointed. A raccoon and a tree? Finally, something that isn't just white human men fighting. We also got several more female characters as well. Yes. Yeah. I love sure. it. Listen, I'm a D&D fan. I'm a D&D player, as you guys know, and DM. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy is literally the perfect D&D team-up team. Like, it's there. It's a perfect... It's a podgepodge of a bunch of very different characters, very different roles, and like you know, just and put together for one you know single goal to attain, and it's just endless entertainment. So, you got I a can, fighter. I appreciate that. Let, let me see if I get this right. You got a Go fighter ahead. in Gamora. You got um, a barbarian in Drax. Yep. I am going to say that Groot is a bard because <laughs> <laughs> because he heals people with like weird. Yes. He's, he's a multi-class yeah he's a multi-class he could be like a healer um but also a little bit of a barbarian multi-class so maybe a druid barbarian multi-class in there that would be interesting because the, the tree element the nature element so druid has to be in there i feel i i don't know why i didn't think of druid now i feel silly but then <laughs> but then rocket and uh and star lord have to be like some sort of magic casting class just because guns aren't really a thing yeah, right. it could be a rogue. Well, guns are a thing, depending on you know your DM. But a rogue for sure. I think I'd put Star Lord as a rogue, multi-class, a gunslinger almost, because that is a class feat that you can take. And, okay. Um, yeah, between those two, something on there. But caster would be nice because you got to throw stuff at people. You know? I feel like I need right. Lindsay's backstory. Is this her first time watching the movies? I think. Okay, Lindsay, if I butcher this, please write to us again. That's a weird, like, I'm winning no matter what situation. <laughs> I, um, I think what happened was. She had seen a couple here and there. She learned that we ha we were doing this podcast and she, you know, decided she wanted to support her friends. Um, and then she went on this journey with her sister to watch all of them following along with us. So I think a lot of these are her first time, but I don't think all of them are. Cool. I, I think my path is similar. Uh, Guardians is the first movie I would say that I really enjoyed more than just, you know, okay, that was fun. Hmm. I, I see... For Guardians, for me, at first, I was just like, that was fun, and that was it. But when we got to the rewatch during these recordings, I was like, I like this a lot more than I remember. It gets yeah. better every rewatch through, and that's that's a testament to the how good mm -hmm. of a movie it is, because you never get tired of watching it. You're like, yeah, I'll watch Guardians again. That sounds fine. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a lot of Age of Ultron notes. Uh, let's see. She liked this movie a lot better than all of us. Uh, between the party scene, Hawkeye's house, and general discussion among the Avengers, this movie felt like it had a lot more controversial moments and not just constant action. She doesn't enjoy all the character revelations in the film, but it's nice to get more background on those Avengers who haven't had standalone films at that point in time, uh, which was Black Widow, Hawkeye, and then the Mark Ruffalo version of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, we um, are no longer on the same path. I very much dislike Age of Ultron. <laughs> Timelines she, have diverged. Yeah. She has that pretty high in her overall rankings, too. It's um, bottom five for me. Bottom five, easily. Yeah. yeah. When she first saw the movie, she was angry about the forced Banner-Natasha relationship. Definitely in the camp who fought for the Avengers set up Natasha as potentially having a relationship with Hawkeye. 
Uh, she preferred if the only female Avenger could exist without needing to be in a relationship with another character. But if there needed to be one, Hawkeye would have felt more natural. As for the Banner-Natasha discussion about not having children, this scene is awful. We, I think we all agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Banner first gestures around to Hawkeye's family and mentions he could never have a life like that. She assumed that meant he couldn't have a family because he's not stable, right? Like he can't have a Hulk around children. No part of her thought that he was discussing his ability to reproduce. Yet Natasha's response was to (laughs) discuss her forced sterilization as if that makes everything okay. Like Joss matched them up because both of them can't have children. They should be together. Uh, And her response to that is, in all caps, and I agree, that is insane male writing. No human's relationship worthiness should be based on reproduction ability. Well put. So, yes. I the the more time goes on, the more I hate that part of the movie. Like everything to do with that is just disturbing in basically every way. Yeah. And then Ant Man, real quick, so we can jump into this. There's not very many notes on Ant Man, but there's an agreement with Peaches in here, so I gotta say it. Eduardo and Peaches get into a <laughs> yelling slash screaming match about Pim's ability to rebuild an EMP. I agree with Peaches. I don't immediately remember how to redo work I have done in the past. Also, Eduardo argues that Pim has all the time in the world to build an EMP because he is unemployed. Is this what Eduardo is doing with his free time currently? <laughs> Should we be concerned? <laughs> Eduardo, please don't build an EMP. Do you guys do that, though, with work? Like, I I, I work on, like, data-related projects all the time. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it is not, like, the day or the day after that I have just worked on a project and you ask me a question about it, I have no clue. Like, I'll have to look it up. I <laughs> I have no clue how to answer. Yeah, that seems pretty normal for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it makes sense. It becomes just your regular, like, when, you just, when you're in the thing that you do all the time. It's, it's second nature to the point where you're not functioning on the full brain level that you could. So you're not retaining what you're doing. And so they'll be like, okay, I need you to redo what you did, like, five days ago. I'm like, remind me again what I did. Right. <laughs> explain that to me yeah, explain that to me again and I'll, like I'll i'm a five-year-old please <laughs> but you did this i know but i know <laughs> still i need you to help me she ends the ant-man uh commentary by saying i love this movie i also love bailey on this episode her ant-man equals the santa claus parallel was insightful i got very worked up listening to her pointing out how scott's story illustrates the need for criminal justice reform which I will not go off on here, but is the best illustration of real-world issues in the MCU. And I also agree fully with her analysis of the MCU relationships. Tony and Pepper, unbelievable. Banner and Natasha, uncomfortable, feels forced. And Steve and Peggy, I believe they'd have a good relationship if they ever dated, but the first Avenger doesn't imply they spend much time together on their own, not focused on the mission at hand. So there we go. That is the, the lost email that I forgot to read. Thank you again, Lindsay. Thank you, Lindsay. Writing in, we really appreciate it, and um, please don't be mad at me for. Uh, please, please forgive me. Yeah, I'd right. be interested to hear Lindsay's thoughts on the podcast for episode six of Loki. Yes, i.e., the only other episode I was in. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that she's gonna keep. This is not. I'm not trying to goad her into doing it, but I am assuming because she ended the phase three email by saying that she was gonna start watching with leah they were going to start watching wandavision they were going to skip over daredevil because we kind of just did that as filler and like a yeah you know can we do an episodic sort of series so i assume we'll get some wandavision feedback and then the rest of the shows as well 
Buckle but, up for that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll have get to ready, find Lindsay. out. <laughs> hey, I don't have a good segue for this. I should have thought about this. But before we jump into the episode, just got to give a quick shout out to our Patreon, patreon.com slash assembly required. We are supported by listeners like you using patreon.com. Um, signing up there at any level of patronage will get you access to our Discord, where you'll be able to chat with us in mostly real time. You know, have any surveillance stork that you might have just been hiding in your skull, <laughs> you can throw it in and we can break it down, decide if it's actually a nork. And of course, community nights. We just did another board game night. We played um, we played this really cool game that uh, Ryan, patron Ryan, introduced us to, where you were like robbers on a train. And you had to try to collect loot from different cars of the train. And you like messed with each other to get each other to drop loot. And there's a sheriff in one of the in one of the cars and he comes after you. It was a really fun game. Hell yeah, man. That sounds great. I have. <laughs> I don't remember what it was called, though. <laughs> uh, I need, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll find out because that sounds fantastic, actually. So thanks yeah, for that, I'll... patron Ryan, for introducing me to that as well. I'll, I'll update listeners. I'll update you on the name of that board game in the next. Or if you go to, you know, subscribe to the Patreon and then Discord, I'll just tell you in there. And then wow. you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do this, gents. Let's discuss episode four of What If. Uh, today we're going to talk about What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands, which was written by A.C. Bradley and directed by Brian Andrews. So we're going to start this episode with The Watcher introducing somewhat of a different what if where he says what if the choice that creates a variant timeline is the wrong choice and as he's asking us this dr stephen strange is picking up dr christine palmer in his very expensive car and suit that he just had washed and i'm gonna immediately pass this to patrick because there might be some there's some weirdness between christine and stephen strange right because what is their relationship? Yeah, I, I, what exactly is going on in this what if? Is, is the what if here that Christine agrees to go to dinner? Or is it that they are dating? Is the what if maybe in this universe, Doctor Strange is not an asshole and maybe they're together for a longer <laughs> period of time than this? Um, there were, the first time through, I thought, I'm, I'm sorry, not dinner, to the speech. So I thought maybe that, she just agreed to go to the speech. And that was the what if. What if Christine decides to go to the speech? Uh, but the second time I watched it, I kind of noticed some lines here and there, um, especially during the, uh, when he goes back and, you know, she keeps dying, that that whole thing. Yeah, she, she he, he makes a couple of lines to her. He says a couple of things to her saying, like, I will give you the world. Or like, he even offers like, let's stay in and have pizza. Like, why would you make that offer to someone who is just, agreeing to go to a speech with you as a friend. Um, so I went online and I, I kind of looked around and everyone seems to think that they're not dating in this universe. Am I, so am I off base to say that here the what if is what if they are dating to begin with? No, I got the impression fully that this is like, what if, like, like you said first, what if Stephen Strange wasn't an asshole and they actually <laughs> formed a relationship? Because I get the very, very much the impression that they are together. The way she greets him, the way he greets her, it's like, hey, we've been doing this. This is normal for us. The casual conversation. It's like an old married couple, like in the car and everything they do. And then, like you just said, all the hoops that he's willing to jump through to ultimately stave off what this whole episode is around isn't something that you do just for a casual coworker 
that that we see in the live action MCU. This is this is something different. This is a universe where they are together. That's that's how I interpret it. Yeah, I'm with you there. This is a question that I had too, Patrick. So I'm glad that you brought it up because we all very much know that it is it is not a secret that in our regular MCU timeline, Stephen Strange is kind of an asshole. Like even <laughs> yeah. after he learns the mystic arts, he's still kind of an asshole. He just knows more things now. He's just an asshole with more knowledge. Um, and sometimes he uses it correctly and sometimes he doesn't. So I also felt weird that he was being so like chivalrous and kind to her. And I started thinking because it's been a while since I've watched Doctor Strange. I haven't watched it since we rewatched it to record. It's honestly not one of my favorites in the MCU films. My thought was in that film, what I remember is that they are kind of introduced as former lovers. Maybe mm-hmm. like sure. they had, yeah. they, their relationship fell apart a little bit. And so the way that I was thinking about this scene was maybe this was long before their relationship fell apart, but it's the same car accident. The car accident is the thing that's displaced, right? Yeah. In the movie, the car accident happens after they're not together anymore. In this episode, it happens while they're still together and that that to me is the what if not necessarily him making a wrong choice but it starts with that event happening significantly earlier yeah. hmm. what I if think... the relationship didn't fall apart basically I feel but like i think yeah. in the movie he invites her to the same speech and there's a scene where she declines and it's oh. it's in the same part it's like after uh, way after their relationship so i yeah. i, I want to say okay. that they're trying to present that because the watcher makes such a big deal over there being a moment in time that can split, you know, the timelines or, you know, split the decisions into something more. And I, I think they're trying to say that the, the decision was that Christine is now going to the speech, but I feel like there, there has to be more backstory there. And I think that backstory is that they're already dating in the grand scheme of things, probably not super important to this episode, but I really, I mean, they even like lightly touch hands in the car and that was not the same uh, way that Christine would treat strange in the movie. It, it was I don't know. There's a lot here that clues me into thinking that they are dating. Well, and you won't, you wouldn't say to somebody like, for you, I would give you the world if you weren't, (laughs) you know, like that's kind of a weird thing to just say to your homies. I I would say that to you guys. That's not what I mean. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But if you said it to like your ex and you were going somewhere as a friend, you know, she should give you a weird response. They should be like, wait, what did you just say? You know, this isn't that kind of uh, a thing. (laughs) But there was nothing like that. She was just kind of like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Let's go I'll die. i my magic carpet, baby. I'm going to show you the world. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think that's an exact quote. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we had fun for the first 10 minutes of discussing the plot because the rest of this is going to be a big downer. <laughs> yeah, depressing. Absolutely yeah, let, depressing. Let, let me stop laughing. <laughs> uh, no, it'll keep happening. Don't worry. It's uh, it's one of those like cringy laughs where you're like, <laughs> if I don't laugh, I may cry. Yeah. <laughs> As the two discuss an upcoming award ceremony coming up for Strange, their car is rear-ended, causing a vicious accident like the one that injured Strange's hands in our main timeline. Instead of Strange losing his hands this time, though, Christine Palmer dies in the accident. Can I talk so we... about? Sorry. No, go. One of the most unbelievable things in this whole uh, episode is that. Uh, Steven does not know what the price is right is. He says, <laughs> the price is what? And I'm sorry, I that cannot is... believe that that is true, that this this man has not seen the price is right. It, That's it, elitist. It, 
I rewound it like twice. I'm like, is that what? Is that what he's saying? I, I don't believe it. I love that that stuck out. Like, I Stephen to Strange it. is too good for the prices, right? Good. Yeah, either uh, he was trying yeah. to make a point that he's too good for it, or he really doesn't know what it is. And either one is either way, it's a tragedy. Yeah, but anyway. maybe that's that's how he's dialing back his. Oh wait, no, I'm supposed to be an asshole. What's the prices right? <laughs> I've never watched Bob Barker. Yeah. I mean, whoever that host is, Bob who? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The second time around, when he goes back, she makes a comment because he he tries to say, "Oh, I'm gonna run up there like a, on a, I was on a game show," and he she says. I don't believe you've ever seen a game show or something like that. So maybe it's unbelievable. Maybe maybe it's true, rather, that he's never seen a game show. But I refuse to believe that he's never heard of The Price is Right. It, it was least, sweet that he held on to that conversation, though. Like, when it they have nice. their first repeat, he he immediately Marvel callback to that whole conversation. I enjoyed that very much. But yeah. So anyway. <laughs> I, I'll tell you guys, when I first was watching this... Um, I immediately thought of fridging again. And if you're, if this is your first episode of assembly required, um, cause we've talked about it a few times, uh, or if you just maybe missed the episode where we talk about it, I'm just going to really quickly exp- explain what fridging is because typically it is used as a criticism and it should be because fridging specifically, let me back up for a second. Uh, in stories, it is possible that a character will die and that character's death may change the development of another character. The, the, the purpose in the story of, that, of the first character dying is to develop a secondary character, which is usually the main character, right? I said secondary, like a second person, but the main character. Mm-hmm. Fridging refers specifically to a trope in, in writing um, where women are the ones that are killed for the development of a male character. I don't know if we've actually gone to the original origin when we've explained fridging, but I looked it up and it actually is from a comic, which is crazy How about um, that? On, on an MCU podcast, but it's from a DC comic. So it's uh. fridging <laughs> or women in refrigerators is shorthand for a sexist trope named after a 1994 Green Lantern comic in which the hero returns home to find that his nemesis major force has murdered his girlfriend and stuffed her corpse into a fridge. That maybe needed a content warning. Sorry, that was a little gruesome. But when this episode did its thing, and the first thing that happened is Christine dies, I, like, before we got too far into it, I kind of like, ugh, really? We're going to use fridging? We're going to, what if Christine was fridged? That's what's going to happen in this episode? Yeah. And, and while the term fridging is used for, you know, this this sexist thing that happens, I think dialing it back a little bit and using a character's death to um, change the main character's trajectory can work. It's unfortunate in this case that it, it, it was with our main character who is a male and our dying character who is a female, but... I think for this episode, it worked. Typically, it's bad. In this case, I think I think it was well executed. I guess executed was not a thing I should have just said. <laughs> <laughs> it was well handled. It was, hands. It was, it was, it was well hands. refrigerated. Yeah, don't mention hands. <laughs> it was well refrigerated. Well, uh, we're going to end the episode so, now. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> It, the first time I heard of this term was listening to this podcast uh, when 
when you talked about Battlestar getting um, bridged in the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode four. And um, I completely agreed. It, it felt unnecessary. Like I didn't need that to happen. I do agree with you that in this episode, it does not feel as egregious uh, because it is an alternative, alternate universe. And we've already got the, the regular story for Christine playing out in the main timeline, um, you know, which isn't too fleshed out. Hopefully we get more Christine in the future. But I, I didn't find it too egregious here. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think it was handled correctly, um, not not executed correctly, as we won't say now. But and the reason <laughs> because is you, if you think what what's the 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 main idea behind this what if episode? What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hand? So what if what made Doctor Strange become the Sorcerer Supreme and become Doctor Strange as we know it wasn't his car crash that crushed his hands to death that he wanted to go and try to fix himself instead he needs to fix not his body but his emotions his feelings his heart as you will and what other character that's in dr strange that isn't somebody he met in regards to becoming the sorcerer supreme the the ancient one wong anybody that he met seeking out how to help himself and the only other character that means anything to dr to stephen strange and before we that he goes down that road is christine so this this universe that Christine does that him and Christine have this relationship and she does mean something greatly to him, him losing her, is what sends him down this path to trying to turn back time in this case instead of fixing his body he wants to fix what happened before because he can't stand living without her so in this case her dying off in my mind is not fridging it's it's a necessary plot point to tell this this version of Strange correctly. I didn't even think about that. <clears throat> Excuse me, until you just said it. Like there is really no one else in the movie. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> until, else until we he know, learns yeah. magic. <laughs> exactly. Right. We know of her, and we know of him, and the random other doctor guy that Steve, Stephen, like basically backhand say you're doing this wrong. You almost killed this guy. You like you know that he's like a side character. We don't know anybody else. It's just him and just her, and then he becomes Doctor Strange and we're introduced to all the other characters later on. What what if Stephen Strange lost that intern doctor that didn't know how to perform surgery? <laughs> right. It would not care. Episode four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the episode would be like, oh, he died? Oh, okay. See you tomorrow. Yeah. By the way, when I originally read the title for this episode, I for some reason thought it could be about him becoming Iron Man uh, by losing his heart somehow. Hey, um, there you go. And I, there, there was a comic I read recently on Marvel Unlimited. I forget the name of it, but he does become, um, I'm sorry, Tony becomes the Sorcerer Supreme. And so I Googled, uh, and there's actually a what if comic, uh, what if um, Stephen Strange becomes, uh, I believe, Iron Man or something like this, or, or Iron Sorcerer or something. So okay. that's where I thought we were going just by the title. Um, Iron but... Sorcerer. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have yeah. that thought, but I like it. Like that, <laughs> that sounds interesting to me too, especially I because. I would have watched that too. They are both assholes, so we wouldn't have had to <laughs> pretend that he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm glad we got what we got, though. Actually, so yeah, same. Yeah, I uh, we're gonna. Well, I won't say anything. We're just gonna keep going. Keep going. So the watcher now starts talking over a montage where we see Strange uh, grieving over Christine, and sends him to the universe's ancient one, and the events of the Doctor Strange film proceed as we know them. So we see him talking to all of the characters that we know we see him traveling uh we see him learning magic um undoing and redoing the apple speaking to dormammu all that fun stuff and now 
He's the Sorcerer Supreme. Woo! Montages. We've got a bunch of them in this episode. That just means that he has sour cream with him at this point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As the Sorcerer Supreme, Strange sits with Wong in the Sanctum, Santorum, and uh, it's been two years now. So flash forward two years since the death of Christine. Wong notices that Strange is toying with the Eye of Agamotto. As you may remember, that is the necklace that he wears that uh, has the time stone in it. It's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. I don't know. He's uh, in the sanctum with his many leather-bound books. Uh, (laughs) Smells of rich mahogany. (laughs) Wong leaves for tea before Strange and tells him to follow before he does something he'll regret. But as soon as Wong walks away, Strange uses the eye to return to the night of Christine's death. He attempts to subvert the car accident, but it happens anyway, once again killing Christine. Using the time stone, Strange reveals that night overnight, repeatedly trying different things, Christine dies one way or another every time, putting Strange further and further into despair. Cody, what what other work of fiction does this remind us of? Hmm, a, a movie that I may have seen, um, actually a number of movies um, over the past few decades that has been redone, but the one that obviously comes to mind is Groundhog's Day. Anybody who's seen Groundhog's Day, you know, Bill Murray relives the same day over and over again trying to make changes, and that's essentially what we're what we're seeing here is Stephen Strange having the ability, having the time stone with the Aya Agamotto, having the ability to turn back time, and every time I say that, this, this, the lyrics do go into if my I head. If I could turn <laughs> back time. <laughs> Did it. Um, yeah, and so that's it's very reminiscent of what you know we see in Groundhog's Day or a number of other movies where the, the antagonist, um, the protagonist, whoever it is, is repeating the events of the same day, whether against their will like in the case of you know groundhog's day or some of those other remember that happy death day yeah i was just about to say the really bad sea horror movie happy death day how can you prevent yourself from dying over and over again wait Um, a second really bad (laughs) get out of here bro Uh, i mean hold on i mean very average horror movie (laughs) i own very few blu-rays and i own this one right here buddy uh, ladies and gentlemen, Peaches actually owns a like, Blu-ray copy of <laughs> I love Happy Death Day. I have it in my notes as well. Um, I, I think it's great. I did not like Happy Death Day 2. What is it called? No, I did Happy, Happy Death, Death Day, Day to you. you. Yeah, Thank you. Because you got to go you. on birthday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's obviously very reminiscent. And But that's what's most heartbreaking about this um, is the fact that Stephen Strange isn't perpetually stuck in this by some outside force he's doing this to himself over and over again trying his best to stop what is happening to christine stop christine's death so that you know supposedly he can spend the rest of his life with her obviously their relationship as we discussed is is very deep at this point and the amount of different times that he goes back in time to try to save her um, that's when i started realizing i was like oh this episode's getting real right now because just the the constant rewinding and you know he tried many different ways like hey let's you know stay in for pizza let's you know let's do so let's not go to the speech and he even stands her up and then she dies in a in a apartment fire like it literally you know they go get pizza and she gets shot by some random mugger like it just it just shows that this point in time this in, immovable point which is discussed later on by this um, the ancient one it cannot be overturned and cannot be reversed christine's death is predetermined in this timeline and in this universe and no matter what strange does with all the power that he possesses and controlling time she 
still dies. And that is pushing him more and more into this dark depression of having, I can do all of this. I have all this power, but yet this power cannot save the person that I love. And that's, I was like, Oh man, this, this, this episode is getting real deep on me right now. Yeah. I have written in my notes here that this show went from Saturday morning cartoons to final destination real fast, (laughs) real quick, (laughs) by the way. Um, at one point, death gets extremely lazy, and it's just like, fuck you, heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> you ran out of things right. to do to you, Christine. You it's heart attack time. Death. Yeah. That <laughs> one I was like, wait, she's been perfectly healthy in every other situation? <laughs> yeah. Why yep. didn't she die of a heart attack while eating the greasy pizza? No, no, no. That, that, that would have made more sense. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, one, um, I don't know. I, I want to think that maybe uh bill murray exists in the same universe as this episode and every time he went back to try to save christine that was bill murray restarting his day maybe (laughs) these two universes are connected there you go the mcu and groundhog's day universe confirmed makes perfect sense to me yeah where do you watch that in order uh timeline order where like where do you (laughs) Yeah, that's a, that one's a deep one. That's a deep cut there. That's going to be a whole other separate podcast for that. That one. Oh, right okay. There. Fun <laughs> fact: Stephen Strange has never seen Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> that is also canon. I feel that that, oh, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, also, quick shout out to Wong, real quick. Just a side note: Wong being the ever guiding hand of truth and common sense, which we see a little bit snippet in the <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home trailer too. Always there. Hey, Steven. And don't no do one that. listens to him. And no one ever listens to him. Like, <laughs> goddamn. Give Wong some love, man. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you... I, I'm not going to talk about it other than just saying the sentence, so don't worry. There's no spoilers here. I wonder if he does a similar thing in, in Shang-Chi. I'm going to see it tomorrow. I don't know if you I'm going to see it tonight, so we'll, we'll talk Ooh. about it on the other end. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. I don't know Patrick. when I'm going, but I can't wait. Get there. Get there, Patrick. I'm trying. Um, yeah, I know that the Sound Lord isn't here, but I would love to know his thoughts on the music. In this entire episode, but especially this death montage, it's just this really oh, beautiful like very piano. Haunting. And it comes back a little at the end in like a more intense version, but oh, this this music was wonderful, and I cannot wait for it to come out on Spotify yeah. because I will be listening to it I agree. in times I believe, that I just need a good cry. <laughs> yeah, amen. I believe, and that Sound Lord will definitely be able to correct us on that too. And I believe multiple times the uh, the actual Doctor Strange theme comes in, and they they play it in multiple different ways. And I believe <sighs> that's that melancholy music we're getting during that is that Doctor Strange theme. Just and it, I get like chills just thinking about it right now. It's I'm so like, good. oh man, it's so good. The music did not have to be this good for this episode, but it really and, and not, not only was it just good, they time it perfectly with the dialogue. Like when someone go. says something dramatic, oh, the notes just like get bigger. Oh, it's so good. I, I, I wish I could explain music like some other people, but I can't wait for this to come out on Spotify. I'm going to listen to it a lot. I remember just seeing, cause I, I watch with closed captioning on just to make sure I don't miss anything. And, um, I remember seeing a point where it just said in brackets, sinister music. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I also will watch it. Um, I love doing closed captioning just for that when it yeah. you know talks about just gives you what the, what the music of the mood is. Like, oh, it's you, know what, you know what my favorite one is, is when it's trying to convey like maybe onomatopoeia or something that the character's lips aren't moving, but something happens. For instance, when a character is panting, occasionally in brackets it will say pants and that's all it says is just pants followed by shoes and shirts yeah, right. is that the order for you pants yeah. shoes shirt you're shirtless yeah. until your shoes are on 
That makes sense. Well, you got to work your way bottom up, I feel. So maybe <laughs> shoes for it. But see, you got to put the pants on, then the shoes, and then the shirt. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Hold on. I got I, We're playing. I'm doing substitute teacher. I'm doing substitute teacher too much right now. We got to reel it back in. Turn the Bill Nye and the 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 magic school bus up. Miss Frazzle. All right. Fun fact, Strange. Stephen Strange has never heard of the magic school bus. <laughs> He has heard of Bill Nye, though. They're buds. Yeah, definitely. Um, Absolutely. As Strange grieves yet another death, the Ancient One appears and tells him the death of Christine cannot be changed as it is an absolute point in time, an event that cannot be changed. And in this universe, without Christine's death, Strange would not become the sorcerer with sour cream and the universe would collapse. Strange argues with the Ancient One, saying nothing is impossible and there are lost ancient libraries that could help him. The Ancient One tries to reason with Strange, telling him that his path will only lead to darkness, but is regretfully forced to attack Strange, who activates the eye again. Man, I thought that was going to be it for him. Like, she kamehameha'd him, like, right in the chest. Don't mess with the Ancient One, man. No. Um, Obviously, that didn't happen. He survived the attack and finds himself deep in the jungle. He sees a man standing alone in the shadows and asks to be led to the lost library of Cagliostro. He asks in such a man. All right, I gotta jump off the horse again for a second. He asks in such a rude way. Maybe there is some fragment of old asshole Doctor Strange here because he is speaking to somebody and he immediately acts as if he assumes that person does not speak English and then starts talking to them like a child. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the place that we all used to work together, people would do that with the patrons of of that place all the time and it would really upset me a lot like like how many in your like you know what i mean like talking to them like that like dude they speak two languages and you barely speak one okay leave them (laughs) leave them alone i've heard it still happens yeah i'm sure it does some say the figure does not respond but does lead strange to the library after strange makes it through the library's protections he falls deep inside. The figure from the jungle recognizes him as a sorcerer and introduces himself as Obane, the librarian, and takes Strange to a massive underground library. I have a little tidbit of knowledge for y'all. Ooh, Apparently, in the comics, Obane is an alias, or maybe even a last name, but Cagliostro mm-hmm. seems like a weird first name, of Cagliostro. So they are the same person. Yeah. Now, that's never admitted in this episode. We don't know for sure that that's Cagliostro, but they have been the same character in the past. So it stands to reason that maybe that is Cagliostro. He's he's very cryptic when Strange first asks him questions. So, yep. you know, that's what sorcerers do, I guess. It's very true. <laughs> and just a little bit of side knowledge, too. Um, Cagliostro was actually based off a real person. After, as I was looking this up, um, I found out what? Uh, there is a guy... Um, from way back in the day, um, called the Count Alessandro di Cagliostro. And um, his other, he that was an alias of an occultist by the name of Giuseppe Balsamo. And he was um, an Italian adventurer and a magician. And he was obsessed with magic and the occult arts, and um, which included like alchemy, scrying, healing, all sorts of crazy stuff. And he was like actually like he was a real guy who got like exiled from Italy for being too much of a, a radical, basically. And that's what the sorcerer Cagliostro is actually loosely based off of an actual real histor- historical person from like the late 18th century. 
Dude, I love that I just like bonus facted, like bonus facted, and then you were like, "I'll see your bonus fact." <laughs> oh my beer! <laughs> I got that you. That was cool. I, I Wait, thought Patrick, it was very cool. What you got, man? What you got? <laughs> yeah, one no up. additional bonus facts for me. <laughs> did, did you know Doctor Strange has no bonus facts? <laughs> he has no. He doesn't even know what. Bonus He's never are. heard of bonus facts. <laughs> Strange pours through the books and discovers the secret to breaking through an absolute event is through the absorption of other beings. Strange starts by summoning a tentacle monster and gets his shit absolutely wrecked. This is where I started writing the notes. For those of you that don't know, <laughs> <laughs> typically Robbie writes the script and Chris, the sound lord, does the audio editing. And I do whatever is needed that week and like run the Discord and the Patreon. And Eduardo is our producer and normal host, right? Those are our main jobs. Um, since everybody but me is gone, I'm doing most of that stuff. Robbie surprised me and he was like, hey, I wrote some of the script. And I was like, you're on vacation, man. Thank you. Like I had an uwu face because <laughs> I was like just really grateful that he helped. But then I was like, but you're on vacation. Let me do it. So this is where I started writing the notes. So if I start sounding worse now, it is completely my fault. Blame peaches. Um, but he gets well. his shit wrecked by the tentacle monster. Cody, what's going on with this? Have we've seen this this tentacle monster in this very series, perhaps? It's Cthulhu, man. <laughs> uh, the the MCU version at least, but no, in all seriousness, yeah, this is this is really exciting for more than one reason because we have seen this before in What If, and this was the same tentacle monster that Captain Carter fought um, in, in the first episode. Which um, to note why this is very cool is because this is the official first episode in this series so far that has tangible ties to any other episode that are, that are actually linked. They all seem to play off very individualistic. Uh, it's very much a serial or a, you know they're not connected anyway it's just fun what ifs like hey what if this happened instead of this and what if but for the first time now we're actually seeing that tentacle monster um has come through uh not only on you know hung got went and fought captain carter but now is fighting dr strange and i found that quite fascinating so i i wanted to learn i wanted to figure out okay is this cthulhu for real like you know I'm, I, I needed to know and um so rumors have it that this may be um a creature of one of the elder gods in the multiverse comics um so really tying into what we're what we're doing here going towards working our way towards the multiverse of madness um this creature's name is shuma goroth and it is a giant tentacle creature with a giant eyeball right in the middle um gnarly kraken and um you'll shuma goroth yeah yeah you know and it's considered to be one of the old great old ones or the many angled ones um and so I yeah, that's, I liked it. I'm I'm all for it. And so bad, yeah. Basically, this guy's bad news, man. Like the, this is literally deities and gods that you know we're fighting with that are a part of the multiverse that you know we're we seem to be ever leading towards. And so you know, I looked up looked up Shumagorath, It's terrifying visage. And uh, one of the top things there is uh, one of the quotes from the comic that I, I want to read because it's it's quite insightful and also very. Um, chilling at the same time and it quote says before all was i was before time was i waited i fed on the screaming souls of the universe i drank the spoiled milk of dead stars i am the emptiness outside of all understanding i am shumagoroth uh, 
<laughs> just let that you know simmer for a hot second there so clearly this being appearing for the second time now and um if anyone and any keen eye watchers as well watch the um the trailer um that you know the trailer for the all the whole season of what if um there is a snippet that shows captain carter and strange supreme seeming to have some words so potentially in future episodes maybe we will see what happens on the under end what other end of this and this continues on to work our way you know to maybe some great reveal moving into the actual mcu like could this be the first time that what we're seeing here is actually going to be something that we see happen in the live mcu potentially in multiverse of madness maybe even in um no way home we'll see i think you just opened the gate for what is possibly the most important takeaway from this episode so i think we should just talk about it now because we're going to get to it at some point and this <laughs> is like the best, the best segue if that monster is the same and and we're pulling these episodes together we also have near the end we have the watcher telling strange that he's not supposed to interfere and he's not going to but isn't making your presence known and talking to him kind of in a different sort of way interfering it's kind of like with loki's uh from the show loki the nexus events how they're talking about how they can travel to apocalypses because mm -hmm. at the end of an apocalypse it's everything's done right so the Watcher's going to interfere at the last possible second, call it non-interfering. But this opens up the possibility of this whole show starting to, from the first three episodes, starting as if it is a just episodic, fun, cartoonish, nothing to do with each other series, mm -hmm. and maybe turning into, wait, there's a plot here. Like, these things may come together, and this is how they would do it right yeah it's it's interesting to think about and it's even funnier to me because and this is not like bashing eduardo i just find this funny we oh, were, we we're in too. our like our core group chat of the, the the four main hosts and you know eduardo hasn't been on for a few because he's taking care of his son and um he goes he said like something after episode two or three, I believe he's like, you know, you guys are doing a good job. I've been enjoying the episodes, but also you're taking this really seriously for like a cartoon. <laughs> and I yeah. think you should maybe dial it back. That's not a direct quote. That's just like the, the, the gist of what he said. Right. And then this episode comes along and it's like the saddest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And it has these implications that all of these things could end up getting tied Drops together. Drops a serious it, bomb on all. Yeah. Of <laughs> and it just made me laugh a lot because I was like, we were just about to maybe consider <laughs> taking it less seriously. <laughs> um, and, and then this happens. And then this so. episode, yeah, yeah. Patrick, you got anything on that? I don't have much to add to anything you said. Um, I, I think it's very funny, the, the Eduardo comments, and just how serious this episode was and how many implications it's going to have. Um, it's fascinating, and I'm once again uh, hooked on this show. I cannot wait uh, for next week just to see how it's going to keep pushing the envelope in that way yeah this this one is i'm not saying that i haven't liked what if so far because it's been fun um some episodes have been better than others sure but this episode for sure just like you just said now i'm like i'm in it like oh wh what's going to happen next week like are, are things going to intertwine even more than 
this tiny little this tiny little nibble that we got like you're giving me a half of an appetizer like a couple bites of a of a little pig in a blanket and i want the whole thing um <laughs> Uh, like a vegan pig in a blanket. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> You're very welcome. Good, very good. Appreciate it. I said that and I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even catch it, but I appreciate the inclusion. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think the whole takeaway from this now is like, what yeah. if, what if actually matters now? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Well, <laughs> well, it's interesting because we talked about this exact thing happening. I think in between Loki and the first what if episode, we were like, Hey, there's maybe some implications out there that even though this show seems like it's going to be just kind of a silly fun thing that with multiverse of madness coming out, that it might actually have implications for the MCU. And then the first couple episodes happened and we were like, nah, probably not. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really seem that way. Cause they're just doing some fun stuff. Yeah. It's silly. Things, and it's really, and it turns out that our surveillance stork might've been a surveillance nork. <laughs> The whole time. The whole time. Nervalence Nork. That's the Nervalence Nork. Sort of, there's got to be alliteration or it doesn't really matter. Right? So I might be confused about the Ancient One's powers, but when, when she split Strange, I, I mean, how how did she not see this coming? I, I, I feel like she sees all. I don't know. I, maybe I'm confused about the scope of what she can do. But I feel like she could have just destroyed him right there and instead chose to split him, not realizing this would also lead to the end of the world as she knows it i think based on her dialogue later she knows that it was dangerous and not the best move but she sensed that the only person that was going to be able to defeat dr strange was dr strange and i think that's why she did it that way uh, but to be completely honest with you i am also at uh, any given time very confused by the ancient one's powers <laughs> <laughs> naturally it, it kind of seems like they give her the comic book like Wanda Maximoff treatment where in the MCU where they're like, whatever we need the ancient one to do, just have her do it for the sake of the plot. Just have it done. She, right. She'll do it. And this is kind of the plot of Loki. Like we need Loki to destroy Loki, <laughs> please. Right. <laughs> I use the stones to destroy the stones. <laughs> I you use the just... Loki to destroy the Loki. <laughs> exactly. You know, I just had a thought like just now, this is the first time happening, but I'm like, why didn't Doctor Strange do his Infinity War thing where he sits in his, you know, in his cross-legged on the floor and then goes through all the millions and millions of scenarios possible to find out what the one correct scenario is to ah. bring back Christine or to stop this, you know, inevitable end from happening? I'm like, could that have changed? What if he did that? It's because Doctor Strange has never seen or heard of Infinity War. So... <laughs> How could he know to do that? Yeah, he's never heard of it. <laughs> no, but it is a good point. There, there is like, like a power creep here. It's kind of like, why are you not using that power? You know, just yeah. it's hard. Time travel is difficult, and I get that. But yeah. for all intents and purposes, I think it it handled it as best as it could for the point of this storyline. I think that one is like the serious answer for me is I think that he's just not quite good and like he's not developed enough to know he could have done that yet. Right. You know, like he's not, he's not, I think, I don't know how many years apart those two stories are. I think it's probably uh, in real time with when the movies came out. Right. So it's at yeah. least two or three years apart. This would have been like 2016 when this yeah. these events are happening. So, yeah. So he's got like two more years of training before he knows how to do a, a Zenyatta, you know? Yeah. What a weird, terrible reference. I am just <laughs> adding a thousand today. Yeah. All right.
let's keep going. I I know that we probably would have stayed on this like implications of the future a lot longer, but I think it's probably best to save any more speculation that we might have for the end. So let's keep Agreed. going with the plot and see how poorly I am with writing. So you see what I did there? I said a bad sentence. Okay. <laughs> You're doing great. Obane, Obane cautions that mystic beings don't bargain and questions whether Christine is worth the pain that Strange will have to suffer, warning him that Strange's mind is at risk of shattering. Strange decides, though, that that warning means he should just murder the mystic beings. So Obviously. we get montage number two. I wrote down all of the things that I saw, and I gave them what I consider fun names. I really enjoyed that, by the way. These are fantastic. <laughs> um, and I, I know I missed a few because there were some that were like only on the screen for a couple of frames and then they yeah, were gone. Very quick. But tell me, you guys tell me as I read through these, or maybe after I read all of my stupid names for them, if any of them had like greater implications. Because I took a few minutes and I tried to look up like, hey, were any of the mystic beings from this episode like actual characters in the MCU other than the Hydra, the Cthulhu monster? Um, I didn't really find anything, but we get a demon lawn gnome, a caped cockroach, <laughs> uh, a big multi-eyed raven. We get uh, just a straight up dragon. And I put in parentheses here, Smaug, because I thought it was funny that he absorbs a dragon and also voice acted Smog. Ah, good one. Yeah. And Can I guarantee and you, universe. I guarantee you the internet is going to lose their shit when he absorbed that dragon. Because after he absorbs all of these things, he kind of like turns into a half human, half whatever the thing was hybrid for a second. Yep. And he was completely red and had some horns and then he mm. breathed fire. Uh, and I know the internet's out there uh, going, Mephisto confirmed. Mephisto! <laughs> he absorbs a dual-headed ram, an antler skeleton, a punchy bat. It punchy was like a bat. bat with big extra hulky arms. Yeah, he was pretty uh, hulky. A glowy stag, an eel dragon. I wrote down white wolf because I thought that was funny. Uh, a striped <laughs> snack, and then he goes back for calamari two electric boogaloo. He <laughs> he slays the hydra monster that defeated him, that one shot him the first time. <laughs> yeah, the only one I cared to try to research was the uh, lawn gnome because I was all in. I'm like, I want to go and read every single lawn gnome Marvel comic. I was ready to pull out my Marvel Unlimited and get in there and. <laughs> I googled it. It took me right to Etsy. So there's nothing. Damn. Damn. You, did yeah. you find anything, Cody? I actually, there is one thing that I thought was quite interesting, um, which is going to the point you said. There's there was multiple times where it's like frame by frame, he morphs into different things, and it is right at the end, right before you know he goes after you know um, Calamari to Electro Boogaloo, um, as he's shifting and transforming into multiple different things. Um, thanks to the sweaties on the internet who break these things down far more than I care to. Um, but one form that he does take is eerily reminiscent of Dormammu. Um, he actually has the Dormammu like skin tone and face and colors and the same eyes with like a third eye in the middle of his eye. So um, it's like, did he absorb Dormammu too? Like, did he just go like, he like literally has taken in all the powers of the universe and like truly is just OP at this point. Okay. I, I'm like I'm like lost for words for a second because I didn't see that, but I find it plausible because what I have written a couple points down is that after all this happens and he like finds an old Obane 
Mm-hmm. Um, Old Bane tells him that he's been absorbing these beings for centuries. Yeah, like he's so literally it fought is, everything in the universe. That yeah, like it feels very possible that maybe he did go after Dormammu and cut him down. He's not there to make a bargain this time. He's like Dormammu, no. I'm here to absorb you. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I wish you could have seen the move that Cody just did. That's that would be a Smash Ultimate move. If you were in Smash Ultimate, oh, you would have absolutely. just absorbed everybody and then your round one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was a Kirby move. I absorbed them and took their powers. Kirby is listen OP right there. That that is perfect. That's perfect representation. The Watcher appears at the end of this montage and reminds us that Strange has strayed further from the path, uh, and he considers intervening. Strange notices the Watcher in this moment. He has one of those who's there moments, Minnick, and we move on from that, which is good foreshadowing for later. Um, as I said a second ago, he returns from the summoning room. He finds an old and dying Obane who reveals he's been doing this for centuries. Strange offers to reverse time and save Obane, but he refuses the offer and alerts this version of Strange that there is a second Strange. And then we start to get the question marks over our head. What? Half strange? What does that mean? We're also going to start referencing two Doctor Stranges for a little while, so I'm so sorry, listeners. <laughs> We're going to try our best. Time travel, guys. It's it's a doozy. Flashing back to the moment Strange decides to save Christine, this time Strange concedes that he's had enough sulking for one evening, and he leaves the Eye of Agamotto on the table and joins Wong. It seems like a little bit of time passes at this point, because he later emerges from the Sanctum to find that people, cars, and the city of New York in general are just kind of deteriorating away into like a darkness, kind of maybe void situation. It's it's like a weird... It's like, it's a different, it's a, it's a different mirroring to the snap, to people dusting yeah. away instead, they're, you're, it being like literally like just inked away almost. It's like a... I, I, I thought it like a smoldering. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it, actually. I have a quick go back, actually, because I, I yeah. got so distracted by the uh, all of the creatures that he was absorbing. Yeah. Uh, during this um, montage is when we see Strange being sensitive uh, to the Watcher, uh, realizing that he's he's talking. Um, and I thought that was such an amazing moment in this episode. I got so hyped. I know nothing about the Watcher, um, to be honest with you, from, from the, the comics. But obviously from the, the opening of the show, he hints that he's never going he doesn't he says that he's never going to interfere um and at this point i'm like oh man he's going to interfere by the end of this series and little did i know it was going to be at the end of this episode where he really makes contact also um the first time well in during this montage when he hears the watcher talking the watcher is actually talking as a narrator to us the viewer so I feel like we're all part of the MCU as well. I mean, kind of we are, because he's narrating it. And now Doctor Strange is overhearing this conversation with the viewer. And he's like, wait, who, who the hell is that? Yeah. Who's talking? That so I thought that was an incredible moment. Yeah, this just shows how powerful Doctor Strange becomes. He's literally like an elder being at this point that he's able to hear the Watcher, who is beyond time and reason, basically. And I'm like, oh, man. That, yeah, that's that fair, is, too. If, if he can hear the Watcher and the Watcher's talking to us, maybe he could hear us. Maybe He could see us watching him. Oh, God. Yeah, too much. <laughs> Please don't absorb me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm yeah, not that, very powerful. I'm not that powerful, I promise. <laughs> that moment made me uh, hyped for just the con- continuity of, of the Watcher in future episodes. And I, I think, obviously, we still have 
bigger things to come, but I was, I was still not prepared for the end of this episode, (laughs) what happened, but I, I I am sorry for the the go back there. (laughs) No, don't be sorry. I I think it's a good thing to bring up like in more detail too, because, um, and mild spoiler alert for the previous episode, Patrick, plug your ears. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) They, they mentioned, I think Danny brought it up first and then everybody kind of agreed that they liked seeing as these episodes go on, you see more and more of the watcher just watching in the background, like yeah. in the sky. He becomes um, more and more system. corporeal. Those basically. shots are incredible. Yeah. I, yeah, and they're very well done. Absolutely. Well. I, I, did, I noticed the second watch through um, when you see him in the background in this one, you can actually see his mouth moving and talking to you. I, I, I didn't catch that the first time. He's not just like mm-hmm. static. Uh, it, it, it's very well done. And it stands to reason, like just like we've kind of hypothesized here, that that is kind of foreshadowing for us like look he's slowly becoming more and more present in the episodes so absolutely we're over here giddy (laughs) i'm ready (laughs) i'm ready uh so the things are deteriorating into darkness and strange we're gonna call this one hero strange uh hero strange is confronted by the psychic impression of the ancient one who alerts strange to the entire plot that we have so far witnessed of sorcerer strange uh, supreme strange sour cream <laughs> sour cream strange doing everything that he has done she reveals that when she blasted him with kamehameha that she used the magic of the dark dimension to split strange into two individuals allowing two doctor strange timelines to occur within the same universe again admitting maybe not the best idea <laughs> she warns hero strange that he if if he allows sour cream strange to reverse the absolute point the universe they exist in will be destroyed i didn't write sour cream in the notes as you guys now know but i kind of just want to roll with it uh (laughs) i like it i think it should be the name of the title the title of the the episode what if dr strange became strange you know sour cream (laughs) um while deteriorating from the universe wong assists Hero Strange by casting a protection spell via the Guardian Bashanti. Uh, unknowingly, perfectly timed, as Strange gets swallowed into the floor by a suddenly appearing dark portal. Hero Strange appears in a dark room and is confront- confronted by a disheveled looking Strange Supreme, the Sour Cream himself. Can we talk about how calm Wong is? Uh, while he's getting Thanos snapped during the scene, whereas everyone else that you see having the same treatment too, they're just horrified, and he's just like having a normal conversation. Like, oh, <laughs> that's not you, good. <laughs> Wong is the real hero he, of the MCU. He's man. the real deal. <laughs> he's Absolutely. The real deal. Yeah, we don't have to touch on it that much, but I thought that was incredible how he's just perfectly calm. Half of his head is missing. It's like, this I'm is glad hard. you brought that up. I didn't even think about that, but now now that you said it, I'm thinking about him just like, yeah, he's totally having a casual conversation. Just yeah, melting away. I can help you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how we feel. I don't know, maybe maybe you guys don't agree with this, but it's how I felt when I first moved to Florida and I'm like outside and it's, you know, any day of the of yep. the year that isn't in like mid-February and we're yep. just melting into the earth and having a normal, doing normal things. Yeah. Like <laughs> Floridians and anybody in the Southern seaboard can, rep- can really um, understand what that feels like to be melting away, basically. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So if you've been in humidity, folks, you know what Every single like. day. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Why, Florida? Why? <laughs> uh, okay, where were we here? He's he's confronted by the disheveled-looking Sour Cream. Uh, Sour Cream reveals his undertakings and informs Hero Strange that 
only the two of them together can save Christine. Together, like, merged together. Before pulling him through another portal back to the scene of the car accident. Uh, He goes on to explain the merging, where he says (laughs) that he would be whole again. And I laughed. I laughed so much. I'm laughing because it you're reminded laughing. me of Nebula's beehole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, Jesus! Right. Don't derail. You can do this, Peaches. Don't derail. You're almost there. Hero Strange objects, pointing out that this action will destroy the universe, and that Sour Cream's actions are not an act of love, but an act of arrogance. Pointing out his own flaws and attempting to break through to Sorcerer supreme's humanity supreme attempts to absorb hero strange's life force but the mark of vishanti protects the absorption supreme says that he's gone too far to turn back now oh i like this was for me this was a joke for me supreme says he's gone too far to turn back now showing that even people with doctorates whose intelligence places them in the marvel illuminati don't always understand what sunk cost is and such becomes a sorcerer on sorcerer fight that we expect used up most of this show's animation that's meta man that's meta right there that's my favorite thing i've ever written why doesn't dr strange understand sunk cost he, he doesn't understand a lot of things. He doesn't know prices, right, guys? We can't expect him to understand sunk cost. Is he an 100%. executive for an entertainment company? I don't get it. <laughs> Everyone uh, feels awkward now. He's a doctor. <laughs> this is not something you learn. I guess not. But this fight scene is really cool, right? Like it's Eduardo said this in our great. in our group chat that he's like, I think they used all of the budget on this fight scene. Absolutely. But the rest of the episode is beautiful too. Every mm-hmm. shot just just seems well thought out and it looks it looks perfect. So yeah, I do agree that this probably took most of it. Um this is one of the better fight scenes I would say, probably in the MCU. Is that a bad take? Uh, no, know, I don't it's think it's a so. take, man, but I don't think it's far <laughs> off the meet, beat at all. I was I, I'm not I'm I'm not normally a fight scene person, but I was invested in this. I, I loved it. And and you know, again, you know, good kudos Wong saving the day again and giving him the protection <laughs> spell, you know, <laughs> yeah. that like fucking saved his life so many times. Like su- yeah. you know, Supreme uh, Strange was just throwing everything in the kitchen and sink. I and, loved yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, you guys. He's basically he saved his life because that protection spell was keeping him alive while he's trying to knock some sense into his alter ego. And I loved how you could see the the spell slowly, uh, yeah, withering away. away like the yeah. runes were slowly dissipating every hit yeah. he took. And I'm like, this oh, man. whole fight kind of seemed like um, going into the boss battle before you're prepared. Though I mean, he For threw real. everything at him. It's kind of like mm. if you just storm the castle of Breath of the Wild, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> guess I'll what, die. Yeah, what happened was. There's that room before the boss room that's supposed to have all the like extra equipment and potions and stuff. Sure. And Hero Strange <laughs> forgot to go to that room. He yeah. totally skipped over it. Well, in fairness, I, he got pulled into that, so he never right. got to go to the room to you know prepare himself properly. True, <laughs> makes sense. That's what happens when you don't use a save point, man? You gotta you gotta be prepared for that stuff. I agree with you though. I I find personally, I find, and some of the listeners may remember my views on on Doctor Strange the movie, um, were you know, the movie overall, I didn't love it that much, but I think Dr. Strange fight scenes are always very interesting They're because so he cool. always brings something very visually appealing mm-hmm. to the fight. Like for instance, my favorite moment in infinity war, uh, one of my favorite fighting moments in infinity war rather is when he 
transforms himself into a bunch of versions of himself and, and then Heather lassos Thanos. yeah yeah like love it that's really cool and the fact that absolutely. they brought out that move sort of again to try to wrap up oh absolutely they did. sorcerer supreme strange was really cool yeah so during the fight several of supreme's absorb mystic beings end up protruding from his body in the offensive the cloak of levitation attempts to subdue him but is incinerated in the process poor cloak uh, rip Heroes, I mean, oh, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Hero Strange strikes Supreme with an explosive blast, which initially appears to have obliterated him. However, Supreme appears again as a shadow behind the hero and pulls the two of them into a dreamlike flashback reality where Christine is still alive. <gasps> Surprise! It's not Christine. <laughs> it's, it's still Sorcerer Strange. Uh, pretending to be Christine. After he ambushes our hero, Supreme Strange portals the two back to the crash site, punching and eventually removing the Mark of the Shanti from our hero and absorbing him like the rest of the mystic beings. I did not see this coming. I, I don't know about you guys. Uh, First no. off, of all the cool things that um, he was throwing at him, all the cool boss battle stuff, uh, I love after the mirage of Christine went down, he just resorts to punching him in the mouth. <laughs> like, bang, bang, bang. And then he just wipes the last of the uh, protection shield exactly. away. Like and it was punches nothing. him through like a dimension rally, like shatters oh. like gra- glass and like punches him back into like, you know. It was um, so cool. He's so like, no good, more man. demon shit. I'm yeah. punching you. <laughs> yeah. Results of good old fisticuffs. Absolutely. I guess if you're a sorcerer fighting a sorcerer that knows most of the same moves, probably not all because the other you know the the one that is the bad one our main character in this story has been absorbing beings for centuries now uh but if you know the same moves you're probably thinking i should punch that guy because he doesn't punch never see it coming (laughs) yeah he's never taken a punch he's taken laser beams not a punch (laughs) so after our hero strange gets absorbed the only strange left now it's not confusing transforms into a chimera like being and resurrects Christine. I wrote Battle Resurrects for you nerds out there who believes she's stuck in a nightmare and is horrified at the sight of this chimera like strange. As the Ancient One warned, this resurrection causes the fabric of the universe to rapidly deteriorate and collapse in on itself. Strange attempts to push the collapse back with a dual wield energy beam spell and notices the watcher watching. One watcher watching. <laughs> <laughs> he pleads with the watcher calling him a god and begging him to help reverse the collapse but the watcher refuses stating that if he could fix the universe and punish strange he would yeah there's Again. a lot go ahead oh no no you go you go there's a lot to break down in this last five minutes that i could i, I did rewatch this last five minutes probably like five times just as soon as strange kind of turns and looks away from christine or evil strange and says you can fix this my stomach dropped like like, oh my God, he's interacting with the Watcher and we're getting this moment now. We're not getting it for the finale of the show. We're getting it. This is happening now. And the music just swells up to this amazing like point that I was like, wow, the Watcher is actually going to come forward and interact with this world, which he already said he wasn't going to do. But here we are. Um, mm-hmm. Just one of the best moments in the MCU for me. I agree. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where, like I said earlier, he says that he's not interfering but he's pulling that Loki apocalypse shit right here mm-hmm. by you're, you're revealing yourself. Yes. Strange already knew that you were there because he detected your presence because he has absorbed all these beings. Right. But 
I Christine saw him too, right? Like Christine yes. had to have seen. Yeah, him. I was so, just thinking that too. I'm like she's like she's like I'm melting away, and there's a giant being in exactly. the sky talking to us. What mm-hmm. the the fuck? first the, one of the first things the watcher says is Christine's name, and the way she says she looks at him and is like, "What?" It zooms in on her, not on Strange, and it's it's heartbreaking and terrifying. It it's such a good moment. You got to think in her timeline, she got in a car accident, died got resurrected by a demon, starts fading away, like slower than Peter Parker in Infinity War, uh, (laughs) watches the demon turn into Steven, her longtime lover, friend, um, then has this cosmic being coming out of the sky, dropping her name while she is carried away on a floating stone. And this all happens to her within a matter of like two minutes. So she's seeing some shit right now. And just the way they animated her face, I, I felt it. There were so many moments during this episode where I forgot I was watching a cartoon. Uh, it was, I was that involved in what was happening. Um, and I could feel her emotion by the way. Also the voice acting is, is beyond, I think what we've gotten in any of the previous three episodes. I, I, I totally believed everything that was happening. It's a testament to good animation that makes you forget that it's animation. Absolutely. You were, you were believing what we were seeing in front of us and every emotional beat that needed to be there hit 100 percent throughout and yeah i think christine's take on all this and her her um her point of view really just kind of cements that home and you're like that's a bad dream to wake up from friend yeah <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah. heartbreaking go ahead and you know what happened too the next day her boss called and was like hey why aren't you at work why'd you <laughs> uh, the universe has <laughs> ended bro <laughs> i'm not coming in <laughs> oh. i don't I... I don't. I can't add anything even close to as good as what you guys just said. I agree with all of that, and it's. I mean, I am now fully in. Hey, when is Wednesday? What is is it Wednesday yet? Like, right. come on, it's Wednesday yet? And and I haven't. You know, it seemed like it was going in an on-off pattern, right? WandaVision was when is Wednesday? Falcon and the Winter Soldier was. I guess it's Wednesday. Sure, exactly. <laughs> and it's it started to feel kind of like uh, maybe a middle ground with what if until this episode of oh hey wednesday is coming up cool i have something to watch but not a not like a mighty need you know and now it is a mighty need yeah i I don't know how we can match this again what i felt during this episode um but i'm excited to see how they try and i don't expect every episode to be some huge statement or um have moments like this but now i am invested hell yeah we got him. We got him, boys. We <laughs> I mean... got him. <laughs> lamenting the outcome of his decision. I had to put lamenting in there. That's for you, Danny. Strange you fails to push back the darkness and the universe is fully obliterated. Yeah, there's a moment here where he just says, I was wrong. And mm. again, it just keeps those emotions coming. They just it, they just keep hitting you. Bam. It's like, wow. The music shifts at that exact moment to um, sort of a remix of the the death montage from christine uh, i don't know if you you noticed but it's it's the same exact like music but it's 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 more intense and it really just throws you back to the beginning of the episode where all those emotions started it, it is a great moment it kind of reminds me of um i don't know why it reminded me of this this is off track um but when um in lost when uh the the uh Locke says i was wrong and then the uh the, the, uh, yeah, the yeah. underground what, what am i thinking the, the thing explodes where you just get that yeah. moment where it's like you were so confident in what you were doing is right but you have that moment where it's like you were wrong and you're admitting it and you're you're seeing the results of of your hu- hubris i guess um by the way dr strange has never heard of loss 
<laughs> accurate also accurate. <laughs> i'm glad you kept that going <laughs> we're going yeah his his like his call outs his cry his pleading i uh, will call it that his pleading to the watcher to change this to stop this because he realized he has gone beyond where he should have gone and it, everything collapsing around him is his fault and man you you feel that you you just you feel it for sure well i hate to break it to you guys but there's still more sad shit <laughs> the really the sad shit not I, I don't know how they keep going with this <laughs> it, go ahead to end the episode strange and christine seem to survive this collapse surrounded by a very pretty purple shield that i i am imagining is representing the mirror dimension because it kind of looks like the mirror dimension from very the much movie. yeah only for christine to moments later deteriorate in strange's arms the watcher reminds us before the screen fades to black that it only takes one life choice or moment to destroy an entire universe patrick oh isn't my... that such a warm and fuzzy ending oh my god so first of all yeah you don't get that any hint of a happy ending you don't get the final moment holding christine of him saying you know i always loved you and her saying something like you know i, I love you too or like some kind of nice parting words what she says and the way she looks she's she's terrified she's confused she's sad and she blames him for it um i, I forget exactly what she said what did you i think do? what did you she do said, yeah what did you do yeah Steven? she says what did you do and that's the last words he ever will hear from her <laughs> it's unbelievable that they decided to uh throw this at us at the, I, I thought for sure there'd be some sort of some sort of hint of a happy ending but nothing at absolutely no point do you get that and it it really hit me hard um i i sort of think this is the saddest moment of the mcu um previously you got that knockout moment with the end of infinity war um this sort of tops that for me um maybe because when you saw infinity war um you guys have talk this before but you know what's coming you know that spider-man will be back you, you know what's happening but in this in this um universe here this could be the end this could be stephen strange is in this little bubble until he starves to death <laughs> i don't know i don't know the extent of his powers again but it Does could he be that this, anymore <laughs> this is it i mean he's destroyed everything and he's trapped there with with these feelings yeah just uh, muttering i'm so a, it, sorry over yeah. and over again as it yeah. pans away just like, it's heavy hmm. It feels it feels like almost an episode of, like an episode of Black Mirror. You don't expect that from uh, what? Yeah. yeah, wow, well placed. what a good yeah. Well connection. Placed. Yeah, you don't expect it from the MCU. You expect some sort of you know feel we, good message to leave yeah. on. We thrive on happy endings in the MCU. The Black yeah. Mirror dimension. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no hope. The opposite of episode three. There is no hope here. It's over. <laughs> it's just sad all around. Uh, and you know what? Like. All of that being said, I personally I'm a sucker for a sad story if it is a well, a well spoken uh, like a uh, I can't as I fumble with words. If the story <laughs> is well done, I like a sad story, and this was one of those moments too where I was like, "Wow, that was a tragedy from start to finish," and I loved it, and I'm very sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It literally like it made me it immediately reminiscent to Peter Parker. Like, you know, it like you, you mentioned there, we knew Spider-Man was coming back, but watching Peter Parker, the kid, like just dust away in front of Tony Stark, like I felt that out of everybody, like that one always chokes, choked me up, it still will choke me up to this day. And then like just that hopelessness of like, we lost. And it's like, what if, if what, hey, what if Infinity War just ended there? 
You know, sure. <laughs> what, if, what if the Avengers didn't? <laughs> what is back worse time? to you guys, though? Like, I'm thinking about that, and then what Patrick said a moment ago of when Spider Man fades away into dust, uh, the relationship that he has with Tony is it was also good, but his like parting phrase is more of like a help me, like, like I care about you, like, help, like what is happening. Whereas Christine's was what did you do it would it be worse to have somebody fade away in your arms like saying help me or what why did you do this what is worse it's the equivalent of your mother instead of saying i'm mad at you turning to you and say i'm disappointed (laughs) when you you disappointed somebody you feel that more than an, an, an emotion like anger or or sadness or you know loss even he has to li- like we just mentioned like he has to live with that inside his little bubble dimension the last words that the love of his life spoke to him were words of disappointment and betrayal yeah of all the confusion and terror that she was experiencing she still could piece together in those final moments that this was his fault and man it, it, to me that's worse that's way worse than anything that we've yeah. gotten so far. I think I agree with you there. It's, you know, we talked about at the beginning of this recording that we were like, is Strange not an asshole in this universe? And we come back full circle to, yeah, he should have listened to everybody that told him not to do this. Not only did he fail, ultimately he failed to bring Christine back because she just immediately left again. He murdered every other thing that exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. That's yes. an asshole move right there out of it. That is, <laughs> if there's not anything, if you, that's not peak asshole. Yeah, you can't really top just destroying a universe. Right. Yeah. So I think this is going to have uh, provided us with the most interesting what could happen next of all the episodes so far, right? We've talked about it a little because we've talked about how the Watcher is now intervening in a, in a way, in a small way, and possibly now more. So do you guys have any theories on where this is going to lead or is or, or is like like you said is he just going to be in a in a bubble eating his arm <laughs> i don't think we'll come back to this universe i, I think they're going to leave this as is um i i think this will be left alone as a, a standalone story and it's just the sad ending now i i've seen uh, theories out there that the strange I, am i allowed to spoil the spider-man trailer i think so right uh the listeners already got that breakdown so um, <laughs> I, I i've seen theories that the strange in that trailer is actually evil strange like come back um i, I don't buy that i think this is this is it for this okay yeah i think the only thing that i'm hanging on to again is, is what i mentioned before is the, the little snippet that appears to show captain carter and strange supreme having words of sorts so and the fact that you know uh shuma goroth was appeared between both of those episodes could be but i mean at the same time how much effect does what happened in these episodes and what if the series altogether affect what we're going to continue to see in the mcu remains to be seen i feel like again like we said before this this is the only episode so far that feels like it actually has ramifications that will continue to pave a way forward into what we see in the future especially coming with spider-man and then multiverse of madness more so uh but honestly i i don't know because at the same time it could just end right there and that's just that's the lesson learned what if dr strange made all the wrong choices and destroyed his universe and now that is his reality 
and now we have other timelines to get to. Sure. I here's what I've here's what's in my head is I'm thinking if you are there are probably a ton like a ton of mystic beings that exist in the universe, right? But if you are absorbing mystic beings for centuries, at some point he's probably started pulling mystic beings from other universes, right? Yeah. So there's I'm thinking it is possible that in this this quest to save Christine and pulling all of these beings out of uh, out of the universe and in front of him to slaughter them, um, that he probably pulled from a bunch of other places and probably disrupted the balance of the like even even a mystic being that you know we we don't know the nature of most of the beings that he pulled in right like the Hydra attacked him the gnome looked kind of evil some of the other ones looked maybe like they were probably a bad dude but like we don't know that he only took power from from quote-unquote bad guys right he could have stolen any number of mystic beings from anywhere and disrupted the balance of things i think maybe that could link this episode to these other ones right now that you've taken these entities from this universe the sun's not rising anymore maybe they were like the being that controlled the the planetary movements and the orbits around this you know what i mean like yeah that's a that's a not really well thought out example but what i'm getting to is i i think that that act of absorbing beings for centuries could have branched out to other universes and that's how we're now like maybe intertwined in the future that seems kind of storky but who cares uh, no, we we know all too well what happens when you take one instance out of the timeline and remove it and how it right. creates a diverging timeline going all the way back to the ancient one and banners talk on top of the rooftop and um in game you know how you remove one single thing you change one single thing from a timeline and you can create a dark diverging timeline but that could destroy a universe now obviously we saw what kind of that play out with this episode of dr strange but yeah what does what does him absorbing all these beings possibly how many different branching timelines were created from him doing that like it's literally untold amounts like incalculable amounts uh, owen wilson will take care of it yeah, <laughs> yeah. they go wow that's a lot wow <laughs> yeah we'll finally get that in season two of loki okay, i think I we'll go go I think we'll get um, future mentions of absolute points, possibly in um, Madness and yeah. maybe Spider-Man. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. I hope it wasn't just like a MacGuffin for this episode. And obviously, The Watcher, as you said, will will interfere with probably future episodes and the movies. Yeah. So looking forward to that. I have a feeling you're right about that. I think absolute points will absolutely play many points in the future. Good point. Boom. Good. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I didn't put this in the notes, so I'm going to throw you a curveball real quick because uh, it has come to my knowledge as I twist my, my mustache like a like a train robber that um, we have started doing MVPs on the What If episodes. Do you guys have an MVP for this episode <sighs> off the top of your head? Um, I think uh, I think we kind of talked about it uh, for me, like touched on it. Uh, strangely enough, <laughs> um, Christine. Um I think she was a far more interesting character in this 20 minute um, animated series than the entire Dr. Strange 
movie from 2016. Um, I love Rachel McAdams. I think she's a fantastic actress. Um, uh, she is fantastic. She's a good voice actress. Who would have thought? Uh, the implications of literally there were no stand-ins for this entire episode. Everybody voiced their exact characters. Like That, that should be applauded um, by everybody as well. But honestly, yeah, Christine kind of just those emotional beats and how integral she was to this story, even though she wasn't even in it all that much in a way, but yeah, she kind of takes that MVP for me. Yeah. For me, it's Steven. I mean, I want to say Christine as well, cause she was perfect. Uh, but Steven just drives, drives the entire episode makes me forget that I'm watching the cartoon version of Benedict Cumberbatch. It really just feels like he's there uh, in every scene and he plays two different versions of himself which can't be easy. Uh, I just thought he was wonderful. Pretend everything that Patrick just said is also what I just said. We, we said <laughs> it at the same time. I agree. Also, special I, shout out to Wong. He's always an MVP. So. Yes. And the Garden Gnome. And the Garden Gnome. And the Garden Gnome. Yeah, we, we stand a demon Garden Gnome. All right, episode ratings. What are you guys going to rate this episode of What If? Cody, go ahead. We'll go in the same order with all these things. Perfect. I'm giving this episode a solid nine tentacles of a giant kraken out of ten. I am fighting with myself, and I want to give it a ten. Um, I didn't talk about this earlier. There's one point of this episode that I feel is not perfect, so I'm just going to touch on it briefly. Um, during the death montage, which I thought was incredible um, and very sad, uh, Stephen is there next to the car, very upset. Christine's corpse is rotting in the car. And the Ancient One comes on down uh, from the sky and is like, are you having car trouble? <laughs> like, just so smugly. <laughs> uh, yes. Like, like, now's not wow. the time, Ancient One. You Great don't get the severity of what's out. going on here. Great uh, so call out. I, I watched it again and again, and I was like, this really makes this not a perfect episode for me. And that might be a little bit, you know, um, hard on that individual line. <laughs> Read the room, me, Tilda Swinton. Read the room. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> For me, that brings it down to a 9.5. Come on downs out of 10. <laughs> Dr. Strange would not understand that. He would, he would not, not understand that. Right. And he would make it a point to let me know that he didn't understand what I was talking about. Absolutely. Oh, man. I, I, I felt a lot of the same way as you guys did. Um, this one is my highest rated so far. And yeah, that line really felt, it just felt wrong. <laughs> it was yeah. the only out of place thing in the whole damn episode i want to say there's a time and a place man (laughs) i i gave it nine muffin baskets out of ten um nice so so you guys haven't been on obviously the previous what if episodes so we don't know how you felt about the other ones do you want to give us a quick same order um ranking of how you felt about the other what if episodes so far where does this fall uh this is this is definitely top uh it's it's not even a competition in my mind i've enjoyed all the first three episodes just fine i sat around watched them after they ended i was like huh that's fun i like that and that was interesting this episode hit me and it i had an emotional reaction to it i watched it i rewatched it i could rewatch it any more time uh, many many more times after that and so it sits comfortably at the top of the list um, maybe followed shortly by like episode two three and one maybe in my overall thinking there so all right yeah peaches i was talking to you before this and i'm it's going to take some time but this might be my favorite thing in the mcu uh definitely probably my favorite episode of all the the, the shows on disney plus but it, it might be above <laughs> Most of the movies for me, 
probably up there with Endgame. I I loved it. I will rewatch it many times. I can't wait to um, show my wife it, who um, only saw the first two episodes, and she loved Doctor Strange. So this is comfortably at number one for me, uh, followed by episode three. And then two and one are kind of a tie. Um, right now, I would probably go one, two. So four, three, one, two. All right. Yeah, I am... Uh... I'm a little envious if it does end up being your favorite thing in the MCU, because that means that your favorite thing in the MCU is like a 30 minute thing that you can just watch whenever <laughs> you don't have to devote two and a right. half hours to, do you have right. four hours of your life to devote yeah. to one movie? That's a good point. I, I also think this was the best episode. Um, I, I want to say by far the, the T'Challa as Star-Lord was really good too. It's fun to watch. I, I don't know. It's just something about a well-executed, um, God, stop saying that, Peaches. A well-written, <laughs> sad story really does it for me. So this episode is first in my What If episodes ranking, then T'Challa Star-Lord, uh, then Captain Carter. And I wasn't here last week. Uh, for those of you that listened to last week's episode, A, thank you. B, I lean very heavily toward everything Robbie said. So the third episode uh, was is at the bottom, and it... I, I don't know. I kind of assume yeah. it will stay there. I feel that too. Like uh, I, I don't know if I put it at the bottom, but like it's, it's definitely like it was the most meh probably out of all of them for me. Yeah, it was too it much was, tampering it was a bummer. with what it believes. What's already there? It was a bummer, but not in the same way that this was a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this all was right. a good kind of bummer, I guess, to feel. So, so that's it. Speaking of bummers, no, that's a terrible segue, Peach. Stop talking. But keep talking. <laughs> That's it. That's what we got for this episode. Cody, Patrick, thank you so much for joining me. It's been awesome to talk to you guys about this and have you back on the show. Glad to be back, man. It was great. Please come back. I would love to. Yeah, anytime you need me, bro. We're like, I I, I mentioned this to Peaches when he um, (laughs) reached out and asked for, you know, me and Patrick to come and lend a hand. I was like, so what you're saying is the Avengers have gone on vacation and you need some extra hands to come in. So this is officially the X-Men coming in to, to keep the ship upright. And so, yeah, I feel like the, I'm, I'm calling myself an X-Man basically is what I'm saying. The gambit frazzle. The gambit I was sad. Frazzle. I missed, I was sad. I missed the theme park episode and I might get out to California to ride the new Spider-Man ride. So if you guys ever do an episode on that, you know, and you okay. need me tap on me, I'll be here. <laughs> you will be the, uh, what do they call it in the, in the business world the the SME, the subject matter expert that's right ah, there yes. we go <laughs> hey uh listeners we love you too thank you so much for for being here and listening to this podcast it means a lot to us we wouldn't be able to do it without you if you want to take that support that you already give us to the next level you can visit patreon.com assembly required again that gets you discord access that gets you community night access gets you a pretty quick talking to whoever you want access that's been a host on this podcast, whether they're the main host or the guest host, you can talk to them. Big shout out to our Avenger level patrons, Brian and Riley. What up? Great job. Thank you so much. If you want to email the show, you can email us at assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, D underscore peaches for me. Cody's at Cody underscore Kenobi. Patrick is smarter than all of us and does not use Twitter. (laughs) So good for Patrick. One day. Uh, And the rest of the cast, of course, ABCD Eduardo 1, Gator Sax 2010, Phil Kid 3, The Lady Sound. Danny, you're on here and you are on the last two episodes too. So DLARS 93, there you go. But that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required. I am now going to awkwardly do everybody's sign off. 
We love you, 3000. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Hail Hydra. Boobly, boobly. Kick names, take ass. Tentacles. So why?